Hello, welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, we speak with Sebastian Hansen about the pros and cons of charities holding their own raffles or getting involved in existing raffles and why raffles and gaming might be a great option for some charities to raise funds. We also touch on the ethics, regulations and challenges of holding raffles and lotteries and what charities should consider when doing so. I found this conversation with Sebastian engaging and I'm sure you will too. So without further ado, here is Sebastian Hansen talking to me about charity raffles. I'm delighted to be joined for a charity chat by Sebastian Hansen, Head of Partnerships at Raffalux. Sebastian, welcome to Charity Chat. Hello, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for having me, Sam. So maybe uh, if we could start by telling our audience uh, what your background is, how did it lead you to working with charities? Yeah, absolutely. So my my background's in pretty much from the start is sales and, and business development. Previously, before Raffalux, I was I was in the uh, the health and wellbeing industry, um, and funny enough, it was a it was a it was a non-profit. Uh, it was a it was a chain of gyms and hospitals uh, in the, it was a you know it's classed as a non-profit organization um so that that's that was my start um and then Raffalux came up to it about two years ago obviously an exciting opportunity after a, a growing startup um which yeah led, led me to here and was it something i mean i know when i think back to uh, when i got into the charity sector again i know it's a cliche but it's something i kind of fell into is that the same with you and your kind of past experience? Or was it something you'd always dreamed as a child to get involved in? Yeah, no, good, good point. I mean, it's maybe it's it's uh, cliched, but I mean, I've always I've always liked to have a positive impact on people, whether that is just you know in a in a day to day encounter and whatnot. So it was a it, yeah, like I said, it, it it fell into place. It came up at the right time, uh, as as I said from the my kind of passion in the in the well-being industry before it was always like I said having a positive impact on people so the the, the opportunity at Raffalux was kind of the, the opportunity to do that on a bit on a bigger scale really so obviously I knew about the the large focus on charity that the business was going to have so yeah it was an opportunity which which you know it, I knew it was going to be very rewarding and like I said be able to impact people on a on a larger scale than what I what I might have been doing before. And so you've been a couple of years, you say, at Raffalux. And what, what's it been like over those two years? Because I guess we're, we're recording in, um, I'm looking at the calendar, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's September 2021. And uh, again, you know, listeners to the show will uh, we'll kind of follow, we, we touch on this every time, of course, because we are in the middle of a pandemic or we're in a pandemic. We hope it's mm. towards the end of the pandemic. So that two years, you, 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 you started a few months prior to the pandemic and then boom, the pandemic hit how's that been yeah no interesting I often uh, often feel a bit bad um speaking about it so we, we've obviously been in an industry uh, that that it's been an opportunity for um with with a lot of the the tech and online um businesses uh, and and the industry obviously it, it's kind of fast fast tracked it uh, i'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more later but yeah it's fast tracked the business and i always think back to my first in in terms of the, the charity side of the business i look back to when I first started, uh, and not that obviously the donations that the business make are a, are a direct impact on on anything I do specifically, but I look back at the start and we were, you know, if I could show you a line chart, it was, uh, you know, a couple of hundred pounds a month, 
donations taking place. Uh, and then now if you fast forward month by month, it's gone from 500 a month to 1,000 a month to 5,000 a month. Wow. And we're now at uh, £30,000 a month on average uh, for, for charity, basically. That's amazing, isn't it? And that, and is that because of the, as you say, the, we, we've talked about it a lot on the show, the, the shift or the um, the pivot is the, is the term a lot of people use, isn't it? That charities have had to make, but presumably also companies have had to make. I mean, has has Raflux, has that, have, have you changed your business since the pandemic hit? No, so it's, it's a mix of both. I mean, we, we as we made us speak about, we're, we're an online uh, raffle platform. So it's something which, you know, as, as a startup, there, there always is quite, a, you know, a steep and volatile growth uh, phase for the business, which is obviously in our, uh, so I, I've been at the company for two years. The business has go, been going for about two and a half, three so it, it's been an important time of the business from a growth perspective. So you know that that's that's the the first point. And then, as we've said, the uh, the pandemic has has led to charities needing to experiment with online mm. online fundraising. Uh, obviously, sadly, they've they've been surfacted by events and and that kind of thing. So yeah, that it's 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 made our life a bit easier, especially on a on a kind of partnerships and sales side where the these charities have have had to look for alternatives. It's meant, uh, you know, when, when I've sent my initial emails and LinkedIn messages and whatnot, it, it's a message that a couple of years ago might not have been looked at or might not have been considered, but now it's, it's yeah, that sounds amazing um, and something they obviously need to replace their, their lost income with. Can we maybe uh, for our listeners? I've I've got a bit of experience of uh, working with with raffles uh, for charities before, but I, I guess some of our listeners might not. So, what is that traditional charity raffle um, kind of model, and, and and how has it been evolving with work that you're doing, and and I suppose yeah. the digital revolution that we're experiencing yeah. now. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows what a raffle is, and it's whenever I speak about the the kind of history of it, it's they they, they date back to literally the you know the start of time they've been they've been used by the ancient egyptians it's documented in the old testament uh, i think even i think the, the great wall of china was even in some form paid for by by kind of raffles and that kind of thing so you can see how how long they've been going but in on the on the charity side of things it, it's quite simply a way of raising funds uh through donation but also giving that person who's donating an exciting chance to win something which is just you know that extra that extra motivation really um and you know even even when that person doesn't win you know it the, the charity does because they're, they're getting they're getting something out of it they're getting the end donation from it and then obviously you've got the one the one or depending if there's multiple winners that the lucky the lucky person or people uh, to win a prize but you've also got that that um support to the charity as well and I guess kind of I, I think of or I used to think of raffles, I guess, when of as a kind of fate or mayday fate or, you know, kind of go, going to some kind of event and then buying a few raffle tickets and then waiting for a period in the night where somebody says, right, let's do the raffle and then reads out the raffle tickets. And maybe you win a, a bottle of wine, which would always be my choice. Um, but uh, but I guess what we're talking about here is is not that. It's, it's a much bigger um, proposition, I guess, is it? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, with with um, 
specific mention of Rafflux, we you know we we turned that that old fashioned raffle out of fate into a fun online experience at, at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of how it's kind of progressed from that, I mean the biggest the biggest change um, to explain is is quite simply w- with all of the the kind of tech and online industries is that accessibility and reach of mm-hmm. something is you know it's maximized tenfold twenty-fold you know a massive uh, a massive increase in the amount of people it can reach it can be and and in relation to raffles an online raffle can now be done anytime anywhere without being restricted to this you know the village fate or or yeah. whatever the, the the event is uh, and to give a, a couple of examples uh, in our in our case so we've just done uh, quite a large project with 20 UK charities so it's, it's the same cause uh, with with different locations so that immediately you can see a, a raffle that might have been restricted to that one location mm-hmm. is now is now made into a, an online experience for 20 charities put together um which is you know one one grand prize um which has been obviously helped with with multiple charities the the general kind of effect that has mm-hmm. uh, and then another example is in for example we did a some work with a premier league football club so you take one, you take the old example of, of uh, you know, volunteers walking around at halftime with, with a bucket and trying to get donations and, and entering a raffle. So, you know, you're restricted to the X amount of people at, at the stadium on that day. And you look at, you know, a Premier League football club, for example, they're going to have, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people on their database, their, their fan base, who you're now expanding this offering of a, to enter a raffle and donate to, to their foundation or to a charity uh, to, to a much, much bigger scale rather than, as we just said, limit it to those people who are, who are there on the day. And I guess that the proposition of having an online raffle has the benefit of, I mean, we're, you know, increasingly a cashless society, aren't we? I mean, I, I remember, you know, the jangle of change in my pocket years ago, and that's certainly not the case now. I don't want to have to carry change around with me. Everything's contactless. We've talked before to, to uh, contactless technology providers and, and uh, sort out, you know, the different kind of things that charities are, are kind of working with contactless on. But I guess Raffle is one of those things, is it? hundred percent. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things that that whole expectation and the, the customer journey that, that one expects nowadays is that, you know, rather than you, you, you tear out your, you get your tickets torn out of a Raffle book, you've now got them, you know, on, on an app, on, on your email with confirmation. So you don't have to keep hold of that. Yeah, it's uh, it falls directly into that kind of e-commerce um, type industry where in line with all the advancements, of course, it's, it's gone that way as well. And I guess you're working with um, kind of lots of different charities and and that presumably are the prizes always the same because I've, I've worked on a few raffles myself and and we we tried when i was at different charities we tried um kind of financial um prizes but we also tried non-financial prizes like you know a cruise or a holiday or whatever a car you know things like that mm-hmm. and uh and my experience was that the majority of people given the choice did um prefer to go for a, a kind of cash prize and in some cases the winners actually gave some of that money all that money back to the charity yeah no you know they they say cash is king don't they it's definitely the the uh 
generally, so so just for the listeners, we on on Rafflux, we've got a, the usual B two C offering, which is an online raffle platform. You can you can go onto the website, um, choose a charity to support, and ten percent of of any purchases go go to that charity. And we also hold charity raffles on the website, but we've also got our kind of B to B to B offering, which is where we set up raffles for organisations. So those examples I just uh, said about the football club. Uh, and the 20 charities that that would have been separate from the Rafflux platform so it to, in answer to answer your question on our website we've got a load of you know we've got loads of different stuff we've got stuff you know technology holidays cash cars experiences uh, you know we, we do it we do all kinds of things because we we've got that that database of people who are you know coming to to Rafflux to play raffles and uh donate to charity but on the uh on on the on the side with the B2B side of things with larger organizations, there's always that discussion on what should we, you know, what should the prize be? Uh, and there's that, you know, like I said, cash is always the the kind of the, the one where you will get the most people entering, but then depending on how you want, how appealing you might want the project to be to, to different audiences, you know, for example, this, this, the, the case study of the, the 20 different charities, that was a, a cause where a car a, a car being the prize was quite fitting um, mm. rather than cash so for that we opted for a car so you know there, there's there's always variables to consider uh, mm. depending on the, the audience involved the charity it's for and that kind of thing and I guess when when the charities are doing it so the kind of b2b the business to business model is that then the the I suppose the pro of that is that the charity then any players, they're getting the information for and hopefully building a kind of good relationship with those people in a kind of a through their stewardship. And then I suppose, but the negative is that they then um, have to be big enough to manage the costs of running a raffle, I guess. Is that the, is that the frozen? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, the, the way raffle works, there's, there's not often an upfront fee. It's more a commission afterwards, oh, okay. so, which obviously works for most, most charities, mm. uh, you know, unless it was the other way. And something we've learned is that our database is, is hugely important. So with, with these B2B raffles, it's, it's a big thing that the charity gets their database involved. Sure. Um, and then there's, depending on the project, we can also get, so we've got about 100,000 users uh, on, the, on the website. So that's obviously a, a big database. Mm. And that they will generally be, you know, the, it goes back to how good the online online raffles are because you've got, you know the, the charity or organisations database uh, that we can tap into. That you yeah. know nothing to do with Rafflux. Um, they're they're able to enter this raffle, few clicks on on their phone, done. And you've also got the added benefit of of Rafflux players who are you know they they they're charitable um, users. That one of the main reasons they come to us will be to donate to these charities. But they're they're more prize led. Mm. So you get the people entering on the charity side. Uh, again, we, we did a, a survey on on the, the recent projects I mentioned with those 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 charities, and and most of them generally supported. The, you know, they entered to support the cause yeah. rather than win the prize. Basically, right, okay. so you're kind of getting the the best of both, and it, it goes mm-hmm. back to the examples of a football club. You're getting the the database and supporters of that that organisation, but you've also opened it up to how you know x amount of people who you know let, let's say it's a it's a football club giving a chance to win a car. You're, you're going to get the, the the fans entering, but you may also get if you put a kind of promotional campaign behind it. 
you're going to get a load of random people who might want to win that car. But obviously, in the end, it's it's going towards donations. So that's another obviously big part of these these online raffles that makes it so accessible, basically. And it's um, another kind of statistic we had on a, on a survey uh, that we did uh, towards the end of the project. We had so 60% of the survey we did about 65% of people discovered new charities from mm. from these raffles um, and 51% of our users are more conscious of their charitable impact so aside from simply the the financial donation at the end you're also getting people who are who are now you know engaging with the charity they've had a chance to see to see what what this charity does how much something you know you always put those those points on how much something costs five pound will do this ten pounds will do that it's it's another way of engaging uh, the charity and and if there's any awareness days or weeks you know holding a raffle it's like i said it's an engaging way to to have a touch point with that with that with that customer or supporter As you were saying before, Sebastian, the the it seems like for a lot of players of raffles, uh, there is a uh, the, the proposition of doing uh, giving money to a good cause, a, a charity that you know you you believe in, but at the same time having that opportunity to win some of that money back. That seems to be the main kind of um, thing that that raffle players tend to like. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it, it varies from person to person. Like I said, you get. You get the people who genuinely don't care and just want to to support the cause. But then you know when when you're entering a raffle, generally you know there, there's that there's that chance you're going to win something. So you know in in everyone's case, it's you know I'd, I'd say it's the the key motivation is donating to the charity uh, with this, like I said at the start, a great benefit of potentially winning winning an amazing prize from it. So yeah, it, it varies from person to person. And so what, what would you say are the challenges for charities wanting to raise funds from raffles? How can these challenges be overcome and even uh, by very small charities? We know that there are a lot of people listening to this who, who work for very small charities. Yeah, I mean, there, there is. There, there's a few. Um, unfortunately, obviously, it would be great if it was easier. But because because of the nature of raffles, it does you know fall into the, the gambling industry in some forms, obviously mm. on, on a lighter side, but nonetheless, uh, it still does. So, as I say, that the main, the main challenge is quite simply legislation uh, and re- regulation. So, the ma- the main thing to say is, you, you anyone running raffles, obviously, you, you really need to just be cautious and err on the side of caution with with setting one up. Uh, I, I won't go into too much into the details, but I mean, it basically you need to do uh, significant research in it. The uh, the Gambling Act two th- thousand and five. Section 14 uh, is where where it kind of outlines it, but but even that, I'd say you 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 need to do a lot more research. There's also two organisations, um, one one the ASA, um, who are the Advertising Standards Authority, uh, and CAP, which are the Community of Advertising Standards. So obviously you've got the the first part I said, which is the general legal side of running a raffle, but you've also got uh, quite a lot to consider. In terms of the promotion and marketing behind it, so yeah, like I said, uh, I won't go too much into the the legal side of it because it is there, there's a lot to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyone anyone considering it, small charities and things like that would need to uh, would need to do significant research. Um, so that that's kind of legal side. Um, but then there's also the the slight restrictions in in kind of marketing and promotion. So 
you know, starting a raffle is one thing, but in order to to make it a success, um, you know, and, unless obviously you have a, a lottery or raffle department who who have the data, who have done the research, it, it's difficult to, you know, once you start, you will start to gather that data and realise what works. But, you know, it's um, the, the database size is, is generally quite important. So for those smaller charities, it's, again, it, it might be difficult, but something that will vary from charity to charity, depending on that, that engagement, you know, how, how big's that email list? Uh, what's the open rate on those emails for, for similar things? And then, and then you can kind of go from there. Uh, and then the, the two kind of final um, restrictions, I'd say, obviously, that they are pretty labour and time intensive. So again, when, when we speak about small charities or, or, or sports foundations, that, you know, usually their, their time is limited. So, you know, run, running a raffle, it does take time. So depending on the, on the priorities of, of the charity and the experience, uh, it, you know, it can take a lot of time. And then just the final thing I'd say is um, just the prizes themselves. So obviously, ideally, um, prizes are donated for these raffles because, you know, it cuts out the cost. Um, it, you know, if you, the, the math side of it, pretty simple. If, if you have something donated worth £10,000 from, from the first ticket sale, you make, you're into profit, you're into donation. Whereas if, you're, if, the, if the charity or organisation is, is paying for the prize with, with the goal of paying off that cost, you know, you've got, you've got to sell £10,000 worth of, of raffle tickets before you're into profit and donation. So that, that's a, a tricky one. And especially in what I found over the last, last couple of years, uh, you know, w- when we work with our charity partners, it's, it's often them who provide the prize. But sometimes it can be tough, especially with the, the environment we, we've obviously all been through over the last couple of years. Businesses, a lot of them are in recovery mode. They're, you know, they're, it's not top of their list to, to donate a prize, albeit if they do have their kind of charity arm where they're, where they donate it's it's at the moment it's obviously been tricky for prizes with uh corporate partners that kind of thing so that's uh, obviously one of the restrictions there so i mean to summarize all of that it's yeah it, unfortunately i'd love to be more positive about it and say it you know super easy go out and do it uh there, there's a lot to it a lot to consider um and you know that's um w- one of the reasons whether without uh sounding too salesy that's one of the things that raflux can can help with it it kind of you know makes sure the, the charity or organization are all above board on the legal side of things and obviously helps out with with the other things i mentioned such as marketing uh the, the time involved and the prizes and i know that um i mean i've had conversations in the past um with trustees or with major donors or who or with whoever who have strong feelings about gambling and, and while you know it, it's a as you said it's regulated by the gambling commission it's not the um you know the kind of the the horror stories you hear about people going in and uh, playing on these betting machines and spending hundreds of pounds in a you know in a, in a few minutes it's not that is it but i guess to charities do you think do they do you have any of these conversations with charities around their concerns around reputational risk or anything like that yeah of course it, you know in any conversation when we're when we're partnering up with a charity or or doing a project it, of course it's, it's one of the things that comes up with you know especially with due diligence checks um mm. going back to what i said charity charity raffles have, have been a thing since i'm sure you know anyone can remember mm. um so they are just you know they're a well-known um, form of fundraising 
I'm pretty sure every every big, especially the, obviously from the research that we do, every big charity has a lottery program, uh, with, with an exception of of uh, a handful where the cause obviously might directly uh, be something that they wouldn't want to to um, to go into that. Yeah, and I, I guess the um, for for those small charities, as you were saying, um, it's it's something else that they need to consider, isn't it? Certainly, I've worked at large areas where we know the data, we can see who's playing the raffle. Then you've automatically got some control over if there are people with problem gamblers playing that you can kind of, kind of reduce the number of um, times they can play and things like that. Of course, yeah, there, there's there's many things um, you nail on head there from a general kind of safeguarding point mm, of view. Yeah. You know, we, we can keep an eye on it. There, there's always things like ticket limits. Um, max entries so there, there's lots of things you can do you, you know we will always have a, an area on the website signposting to to uh if anyone does need help we'll always you know close people's accounts if they request it um so yeah lots of little things like that that you can do to to make sure it is it is all responsible basically So how do you see raffles evolving? You've been at Rafflux for a couple of years, and um, so you, you've seen kind of changes over that time. And why do you think there needs to be a space for charity raffles in the future? Yeah, so already touched upon how the, the, the same will happen with, with raffles uh, in kind of talking in, in the tech industry, uh, e-commerce the, the, specifically, it's the, the same kind of thing. So yeah, it, it's going to go, in the same way as that it's you know it's already transitioned from you know you, know, you gave the example of a, a bottle of wine at a, a village fate or whatever it is so that's you know it's already gone from maybe a, a, an old-fashioned uh maybe slightly boring process um through to being a really cool fun experience on on your mobile that you can win you know a brand new car you can win a significant amount of money so it's kind of upgrading and and kind of bringing that up to where you know to a place where it really can raise a serious amount of um, money for a charity rather than, you know, rather than just a couple of hundred quid from the people who are at the, at the village fate. It's now, as we've said, that, that huge database that can really raise a, 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 a amount of money that's going to make a difference. Um, I think it, it, it's only really going to continue that way. Um, it, it, well, I say it's been, uh, raffles have been around since, since the, since the start of, you know, since the very start. So, it's just a great way of somebody being able to give to charity and you know even if they don't win that they're donating the prize there so it's, it's you know it's not something that's going to go away it's something so well known in the charity industry um and also the other thing that's 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 quite nice is that the charity is obviously able to give something back to the supporters so you know whether that is just one person win, winning the prize that charity has obviously had the, had the pleasure of of seeing one of their supporters when when a brand new car when a life life changing amount of money so it's, yeah it's a, it's a nice way of um the charity kind of rewarding and giving that person something back why do you think there needs to be a space for charity raffles in the future quite quite simply the um i mean hopefully things go back to normal you know that they they are, they already are to an extent but with with the online space it, it's something that charities really should you know as we've said a few times that the tech and online world is only only going to continue in the way it's going so it's something that is such a big revenue stream for these charities then then why not um 
it's you know some of the some of the figures that these that the bigger charities um, make. Obviously, obviously they, they all disclose this information as as part of a kind of uh, it's called a solicitation statement where you, you know you have to predict or or say the amount of uh, funds that have been raised from something specific. Uh, and it, you know it's it's an obscene amount of money that that has been raised from these lotteries or raffles. So you know it's um for for the charities that can do it, it's it's a no brainer really in in terms of quite simply the, the revenue stream or donation that's going to come in. And would would you say that all charities, big or small, have an opportunity to benefit from raffles? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the larger charities obviously ha- have their have their advantage uh, in an, in a number of areas, from being able to get prizes from partners um, to having that that massive database. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's there's plenty of plenty of opportunities for for smaller ones, albeit you know maybe not at the same scale. Um, but there's always there's always opportunities, and like I said, with with, with some of the online. Uh, raffles out there you know the offering that we have it, it's something that that allows smaller charities to to be involved and even if they don't have that database of half a million people that they, they, they we you know you can still raise money from this sebastian hansen thank you for contributing to charity chats absolute pleasure sam thank you thank you very much for having me big thank you to Sebastian Hansen for sharing his knowledge and insights with us. Raffles have been with us for a long time, but the digital revolution that we're still experiencing offers a new opportunity to charities wanting to raise funds in this way. There are, of course, ethical considerations to be made over this, as with many forms of fundraising, and there are regulations that charities need to be aware of, as well as best practice. This makes online raffles and lotteries something of a challenge to charities, especially smaller ones who are unlikely to have the resource to hold a big raffle, or at least one large enough, to justify that resource. This is where raffle companies come in very useful, ensuring regulations are met while also helping to bring in a return for charities. The consortium approach that Sebastian explained, giving existing and new supporters of charities a new form of giving. Problem gambling is a problem in society, and I for one understand the misgivings and hesitations that some of the people I've met have for any form of gambling, but with a regulated and low-level gambling option like a raffle, and the functionality of online raffles and lotteries to help limit ticket sales and enforce maximum entries for players, many of the risks associated with gambling are mitigatable. And the pros outweigh the risks for charities who are doing their utmost to raise the funds they need to do the great work that society needs them to do, and at a particularly difficult time. So thank you, dear listener, for getting this far with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear from you either way. It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab, for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Axmit for our beautiful website where you can find all of our social media links and contact us directly. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. And Forest of Fools for playing throughout the show and for playing us out right now. That's it from me. Keep on doing what you can. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye.